on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Brian Jacobs. Jason. Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant Dacus with you. Johnny Hill also producing. No Brett Norsworthy with us today. Um, we're about to talk Tigers with Jason Munns as we do every Friday. And let me remind you that Jason Munns is brought to you by Jim's Place Grill in Collierville every single Friday. And uh, here is Brett Norsworthy with a word from Jim's Place. Munns from the Commercial Appeal brought to you every Friday from now through the Final Four by the great people at Jim's Place Grill. They present Jason Munns to you every week. Over 100 years of charcoal grill steaks at Jim's Place. Celebrations, great family time, and lasting memories. The Terrace family with their touch for our community. Tonight, if you want to watch the Tigers in Mizzou, you can go to Jim's Place, and there'll be a great crowd in there. It'll be a fun setting. Recipes that date back to the beginning in downtown to now in Collierville at the railroad tracks at Poplar and Houston Levy. Online at jimsplacegrill.com. Don't forget the E in grill. Every state grill perfectly over an open flame. Come to Jim's Place and taste and see and feel the difference. Lunch hours, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Dinner hours, Monday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9.30. Since 1921, a Memphis landmark. Hard work, values, and a dedication to their diners. The Terrace family they've created and, and maintain a memorable dining experience. Lunch menu, the staples like the souffle ma, the shrimp cocktail, crib, crab cakes, and those salad dressings, all homemade dinner, the calamari, soup, seafood, and those great steaks, the strips, the ribeyes, the fillets, fantastic bar area, all at Jim's Place Grill in Collierville, and they present from the Commercial Appeal, covering Tigers basketball every Friday afternoon with us, Jason Munns. And Jason Munge joins us now to talk Tigers. A big game tonight up in Columbia, Missouri against the Missouri Tigers. Jason, thanks so much for joining us. I've got to ask to start off because I remember last year, especially uh, when I started co-hosting with Brett, it seemed like every time we had you on, you had some troubles or something go on when you were on the road covering Tiger basketball. Did we make it to Columbia, Missouri all right with no hiccups? But it was, I will say that it was uh, eventful. It was not, uh, I chose I chose the scenic route. Okay. Um, I chose not to go through St. Louis. And I guess I didn't bother to, like, research what that might entail. Um, and it entailed going through, taking a lot of back roads, mm. uh, a lot of windy back roads. Now, the traffic was phenomenal. Like, there was yeah, literally yeah. no traffic. Um, and it was actually quicker to go that way. But uh, there was a couple of – there was one town I went through called Warm Springs, and it said on the sign, population 47. So I was, like, <laughs> really impressed with that wow. one. And then, and then I went through another town called Eminence, Missouri. Okay. And I, I kid you not, I passed by the high – there's a high school there. And I kid you not, it said on the sign, November on the like the sign for the high school up front, yeah. it said November tenth through November seventeenth, deer season break. Wait, 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 a deer season break. Yeah, like uh, 
I'm pretty sure that's what it, it was something along the lines of we're giving our students a break. That is phenomenal. To go hunt deer. Wow. And, uh, and that was, I, I couldn't get over that. I thought, I thought the first thing that came to my mind was my gosh, this, this town and this area must be just overrun by deer that they have to let their <laughs> students out once a year to go control and they try to thin out the herd, you know? But, uh, it was no, it was cool. It was a good trip. That's uh, incredible. And I've, I've I've hit up a couple of record stores already, so it's been good. That sounds like a like a good afternoon. I've I'm sure I've got a couple of friends listening right now. They're saying, "Man, I wish I could have gone to that high school. I would have liked a week off to go deer hunting because." Uh, yeah. Sounds fun, <laughs> but uh, right. you could really write a book about uh, about your travels to to Memphis Tiger away basketball games because you you've gone through it a little bit, Jason. I know. I, I mean, sometimes I do it to myself. Like today, it seems like it was a little bit of my fault. I, I can, I can, I can uh, accept that. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, the Dominican was was a whole chapter unto oh, itself. Man. And then uh, uh, let's see. Oh, I mean, I didn't. Even, I don't. I don't know that I even talked to you guys about uh, Media Day in Dallas. Oh no, uh, it's, it's a long story. I, I ended up. I ended up driving there and flying back. If that tells you anything. Uh, wow. And it was a. It was a very last minute. Uh, arrangement. We'll Interesting. That, well, that sounds uh, does not sound fun. At least uh, it sounds very no. uh, very hectic. But uh, Jason, let's get into this Tiger basketball team. Uh, one game under their belt. Monday, a win over Jackson State. Uh, Penny, when he uh, spoke to to you and the the rest of the media on Wednesday, he said he gave it a C plus or maybe a B in terms of his grading. Uh, what were your takeaways? What kind of grade would you give the Tigers in game one? I think. I think. Uh, B in that neighborhood is fair. I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a very fair assessment of what they, you know, I mean, like they won by 17 points. Mm-hmm. First game, first game, you know, out of the gate. Um, they still put up 94 points despite turning it over quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, the defense wasn't quite clicking uh, just yet. They were kind of, you know, Jackson State 5'8" listed as 58 uh on the roster his their point guard was kind of you know doing what he wanted He's to uh, out there yeah he scored 16 or 18 points and uh was really just kind of giving fits a little bit but all that being said i mean you know listen like they played 11 or 12 guys or whatever they played and they again they still put up 94 points i yeah. mean you know in your first game out of the shoot with uh as many new faces and and obviously, no Penny Hardaway on top mm-hmm. of it. Like they, you know, there's a lot of mitigating uh, circumstances here. Um, it, it didn't. It didn't. It, he's right. It didn't look great. Um, and and he's right. He also kind of he mentioned they got out rebounded, which you don't like, uh, especially to a to a, a, a swack team uh, like that. Um, and then and then uh, you know he mentioned the fact that there was like some plays taken off yeah. and, and you, you know, that was, you could see that. And so, but you know, those are very fixable things, you know, uh, you can control effort. And, um, mm-hmm. and so you, you hope that maybe that snaps them out of it. And, uh, but you know, again, they, to win by 17 and, and like no Jackson State's no slouch that they were that, that team won 14 games last year yeah. and returned everybody, huh. um, they're one of five teams in the country that did not have a single player enter the transfer wow. pool. Um, so, so you know, and they're picked to win the SWAC. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that team's gonna like 
they're 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 on the road until January sixth. Like, yeah, have you seen their schedule? They're, they're playing like every other day or something right now. Yeah, and I think they play Houston, Northwestern, Gonzaga, Memphis, um, and, and there's a few others mixed in that they you know it's crazy uh, long trips and, and away from home until uh, 2024. Good but Lord. Uh, I think they're gonna yeah I think they're gonna win a lot of games in their league and uh, and, and maybe be. Maybe be a, uh, a team you don't want to see in the NCAA tournament yeah, if they I, win their league. Yeah, I was impressed with them uh, Monday night. What did you make? I heard a lot of people talking about this uh, after the game. I think Rick Stansberry uh, even mentioned it either in his postgame press conference um, or with uh, Dave Wilotion uh, on the postgame radio show, maybe maybe with both. But I heard a lot of people talking about his decision early in the game when the Tigers kind of came out slow. They were struggling to really get things going, and, and Rick Stansberry decided, uh, opted against taking a timeout early to settle them down and really wanted to see them play through those those kind of early struggles in that game. What did you make of that decision? I have no issue with it. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you got to think outside the box, and um, especially with a team that like this one that's mm-hmm. older. You know, you, this is not a situation where you've got to, like, where you, sh- you shouldn't have to, with an older team like this, you shouldn't have to call timeout to, you know, splash cold water on right. them. You know, like like this is a team that should that should be able to uh you know get get through it get through whatever bumps in the road they, they are going through on their own. Um and and so yeah, like I think that was a very savvy veteran coaching decision, coaching uh a strategy there and um yeah, I didn't I didn't have any issue with that. I I, I uh I think it worked. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What did you make of the uh, the lineup change in Game 1? We saw uh, Caleb Mills and Jordan Brown, who both started in both exhibition games. They were moved to the bench. Nick Jordan and uh, Malcolm Dandridge were inserted into the starting lineup. What did you think of, of that change? I think uh, Penny told y'all uh, on Wednesday that it was more, uh, you know, to kind of, I know he said before the game, to get energy into that lineup, but then he also said uh, on Wednesday, I believe, that he just wanted to kind of get some more scores, some more um, of those kind of veteran players with that second group, but what did you make of that move? Well, before he explained it, um, I, you know, it's hard not to be like, huh, yeah. okay, uh, that's a little different, unconventional, whatever, you know, however you want to describe it. Like, you know, I, I need somebody to tell me what that's all about. Yeah. That was my first thought. Um, not that I thought it was like, you know, just so crazy, like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> it wasn't like that. But it was kind of, you know, like, you know, it was surprising, to say the least. And not from a standpoint of who was in the lineup, but who mm-hmm. was out of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, let's face it. Malcolm Dandridge has been here now going this fifth season. And, and you know, he's had a great off season. it sounds like. And um, and so, you know, I don't I don't begrudge anybody uh, rewarding that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then Nick Jourdain, I think is kind of an early front runner for sixth man of the year in, in the AAC. Yeah. And um, I think he, I think he's going to be really, really good for this team. And so I didn't, it wasn't as much like questioning who they, you know, who Penny put in the, on the floor to start. It was more like, yeah, but you're taking Caleb Mills and Jordan Brown out of the starting lineup. That's, I, you know, mm-hmm. it's that it's that cliche. You know, I'm not so sure those guys came here to sit, you know, to come off the bench sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but then he, you know, then we talked to him on Wednesday, and you know, it's hard when he. I said this to somebody else. It's hard when he's 
when you're talking to him and you're and he's, t- he's you know explaining himself and, and his rationale to not be like oh okay that makes sense <laughs> you know when he's yeah. actually saying it when he's, when he's telling you to your face it's like it's like huh i didn't think about it that way you know because he's right jaquan walton and david jones are the type of player that has to be fed those oh, yeah. guys need the ball to to you know give you the best chance to win your, your team and, and to also give themselves the best chance to succeed and so um when you when you think about it in terms in those sort of terms like uh if you have caleb mills and J- jordan brown on the floor at the same time with those two guys another two guys uh that's two more guys that you have to that you kind of need to get the ball to yeah um and so in that way you've got you know, two alphas in one lineup, two alphas in another lineup, and it, it it makes a little bit more sense when you think about it that way. Yeah. I was talking to, to Dave Veloshin this morning, and, and he was talking about how when he looks at this team and, and already what we saw in that first game of uh, of the, the starting lineup change, that he wouldn't be surprised if you really don't have a set starting lineup this season and we see Penny Hardaway kind of making changes to that starting lineup throughout the year. And it kind of reminded me back to uh, – Penny Hardaway's first couple of seasons where he did that a lot and changed the starting lineup up uh, very frequently. Do you think we see something like that this year where because of the talent might just be like who's hot right now is is who starts in this game? I could see that. Um you know, I don't know that I don't know that even Penny is sitting here right now saying that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh I feel I, I kind of get the sense that it might be more of a feel thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever you know, whatever's working leading up to the game or yeah. or or you know, looking at the opponent and maybe dialing some things up for the specific opponent, um, you know, matchups and certain you know different things like that. I could, you know, whether it's home or away, take it certain. I mean, that that's how deep they are now. Is yeah. is they can do that sort of thing. They can take all that stuff into consideration. You know, who who plays better on the road? Who plays better at home? Who plays better with this guy? Who plays better with that guy? Who plays better? you know, uh, against the fast team who mm-hmm. plays better against the big team. So, um, they're, they're deep enough to where they can tailor their lineup, uh, choices game by game if they want to not yeah. saying that's going to happen. I, I, I'm not, I, I don't know. Um, but you know, that, that, that will be something that will be fun to monitor, uh, over the course of the entire season. I mean, uh, you know, we'll see here in a little bit, yeah. uh, if it, you know how different it's going to be, or, or how similar it's going to be to to, to Jackson State. Absolutely. We're talking to Jason Munns, the Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. He's brought to you every single week by Jim's Place Grill in Collierville. And uh, y'all were able to talk to uh, to Jonathan Pierre this week during y'all's weekly yeah. press conference. And you posted some videos. The two things jumped out to me. First off, Jonathan Pierre said that in his collegiate career he's 61 and one now which is just incredible to think of and he also talked about his height he said he went from six two to six seven his senior year of high school six seven to six nine while he was at nova southeastern and now since last year at nova southeastern he's grown an inch and now this year is listed at six ten uh, it's really incredible to think of, of just both of those are just incredible. What do you make of Jonathan Taylor on this team? He only got about 12 minutes um, against Jackson State. Where do you see him fitting in with this team? I think he, I mean, you know, 
I, I think what Jonathan has going on right now is, uh, I mean, he's a late bloomer anyway. We yeah. knew that, right? Like the only offer he had coming out of high school was Nova Southeast Division Two team. Um, and then you know he blew up this past year and had what eighty plus schools or a hundred plus schools yeah. reaching out to him when he entered the transfer portal. So he's he's a, we knew that already. That he's a bit of a late bloomer. Um, I think he got off to kind of a slow start when he when he got to campus back in May. I don't I don't think that I think it took him a while to get his feet wet and get his get his bearings uh, about him. And I think so. I think like. Coming off the Dominican trip, I don't think that he was necessarily like in the equate. You know, like I don't think he was very high up on the in the rotation. Yeah. But if he, you know, like if he does some of what he did or all of what he did or more against Jackson State continually, well, then I think you're going to see him continue to rise uh, in the in the pecking order mm-hmm. and. Um, I mean, this is, he does a lot of things well. He shoots the three well. He sees the floor extremely well. He handles the ball very well. I mean, he said it himself earlier this week. He was 6'2 up until his senior year of high school, so he had to be kind of a point guard. Yeah. Um, and, and so he had to learn how to handle the ball really well, and he did. And now he's 6'10", and he can still handle it really well. Um, you know, I think, I think defense is probably where he's got the farthest to go. And we all know how much Penny loves his defense. Uh, but if he can, you know, continue to make positive strides, uh, if he continues to impact games the way that he did the other night, then, yeah, I could see him. I mean, right now I would say he's probably ninth or 10th-ish uh, yeah. in the rotation. Um, you know, if, uh, if he keeps progressing, then I could see him getting up into that eight, nine mm. range somewhere, somewhere in there, maybe even a little higher. I mean, he, he, he does a lot of things really well and you can't, you can't teach size. Yeah. Well, tonight a big game for the Tigers as uh, you're up there in Columbia, Missouri tonight, 8 p.m. on SEC Network. Memphis versus Missouri. It was announced this morning. It's a sellout tonight. It should be a, a incredible environment for the Tigers, and and we know how tough it is to to play on the road in college basketball, especially these early games against an SEC school. You throw in um, it being a sellout. This should be a great test for this Tigers team. Yeah. Um... Uh, 15,000 and change is what wow. this uh, venue holds. And, uh, I mean, yeah, let's face it. Like, it's it's going to be it's gonna be hostile. But, um, yeah, so, that, I mean, like, it, it's going to be a real test. I mean, this is not, uh, this is not uh, you know, you're going to a place where you're favored by, you know, six or eight points. But it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. This is like a good team that received votes in the AP preseason top 25 um i think what's weird is they got votes in the ap preseason ap poll but they're like 56 or something in ken palm right now um so i don't i don't know where that discrepancy comes in i guess the good thing for memphis is they're missing uh missouri's not going to have their seven foot five uh like ninth year senior (laughs) uh connor vanover who had uh, originally signed with tubby smith at memphis before uh, Tubby got fired. Uh, some Memphis fans might remember that name, but he won't be playing tonight. So they'll, you know, you're probably looking at, at um, a, I mean, I, I think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be fast paced. Uh, I think uh, Memphis would do well to pound the ball inside as much as they can 
um, to take advantage of their size. Uh, Nick Jordan, Jordan Brown, Malcolm Dandridge, Jonathan Pierre um, against this team. I mean, it's not like because they're seven foot five guys out, they don't have any size. Right. Uh, they got, they got a guy who transferred with coach with Dennis Gates from Cleveland State who is seven foot two. He didn't play in their first game, but he is expected to play tonight. So they're going to have some size out there. But or if he plays, but yeah. um, but I still think uh, Memphis has an advantage down low, and so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun one no matter what happens. Well, I should give you credit because uh, you, every week before a game, uh, you write up a little preview and prediction for the games, and you nailed it for Jackson State and uh, Memphis. 94-77 to was your pick in that one. So what's your pick tonight? Maybe we can go to that well again. What do you think about Tigers versus Tigers tonight? I got in in the uh, in the Memphis-Missouri catfight, we'll call it. Um, I like it. Uh, I got uh, Memphis coming out on top, ninety-one eighty-five. Like I said, wow. I think it's going to be high. I think it's going to be high scoring. Very high I think scoring. It's gonna, I think it's going to be fast-paced. Um, and so, yeah, for that reason, I, I, that's what I went with. I mean, mm. Missouri. Missouri gave up seventy-nine points to Arkansas Pine Bluff yeah. uh, the other day, and so that's kind of where I'm thinking uh, Memphis might be putting up some points tonight what should be a fun one tonight in columbia missouri jason thanks so much for joining us uh enjoy your time up in missouri and uh, safe travels back thanks brian thanks jason as jason munns from the commercial appeal he joins us every single friday to talk tiger basketball and he is brought to you every single week by jim's place grill in carterville all right johnny it's that time we got we got to do some tiger bankroll. Um, you heard what Jason said, and, and I got to give him credit again. I didn't see this beforehand, uh, before that Jackson State game. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking wrote it up before. I think maybe morning of, maybe day before, wrote up his thoughts on the game, and that very very begot, very bottom uh, had his prediction. I'm looking at it right now: Memphis 94, Jackson State 77. Memphis will fill it up early and often, starting the 2023-24 season off on the right foot so he was all over that one he likes the memphis tigers tonight in this one uh let me start off with brett's pick brett for tiger bankroll tonight he's gonna go two hundred dollars on missouri minus two and a half so we're gonna play it off two and a half uh, but brett likes missouri minus two and a half johnny what do you like tonight uh i like the tigers which tigers it's Tigers vs. Tigers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha there. <laughs> yeah, I had to. I I like I like Missouri. Okay, minus two and a half. Minus two and a half. Okay, how much money? Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars, man. Right. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. So he's going two hundred dollars. You're going twenty dollars. Trying to play it safe. Ooh, you know what? There are some Tiger haters. I'm going to go the Memphis Tigers tonight. Plus the two and a half. I'm gonna go Memphis plus two and a half. Let's throw a quick fifty on it. How about 50? that? Let's throw a quick fifty on it. Oh, you're oh, feeling good, I'm feeling, man. Well, I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> I'm trying to play the long game here because if Brett, if I'm going against Brett, I want to try to make a dent. And if he loses tonight, 
and loses two and is down two hundred dollars, I want to be able to capitalize on that, get up fifty dollars, <laughs> so okay. I can kind of try to start uh, my uh, my repeat last year. Um, and so I had a pretty good year last year. We'll see if we can do it again this year. But uh, we need to get to a break. But before we do that, I've got to tell you about our five o'clock sponsor. That's Hewlett and Dunn Boot and Jean on the historic square in Collierville since nineteen sixty one. Charles Hall he started working there in his teens, and now with his wife Laura, they own the place. Known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team and any season. Western wear, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, even rubber boots. Boots for absolutely every occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. And from head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable like Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women. And they've got the clothing, jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duck head collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street or uh, on the square in Collierville or to their website, HewlettDunn.com. you got to get out there to the Collierville Town Square where they're located. We're getting around Christmas time. They've got all the lights up, the Christmas tree. It just feels, it looks and feels uh, super festive out there. So you got to make your way out there. But they've also got accessories for you like hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area, team snapback and cool hat you can think of, whether it be for the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks. And those, I mean, those accessories make for great gifts for the holidays and their travel bag selection is absolutely top notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please head out to Carryville, give them a visit, and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Carryville at Hewlett and Dunn. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Friday football forecast from First National Bank and Trust, a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. Real estate isn't something you purchase or develop or desire. It's something you appreciate, respect, and know. With real estate, there's no gray area. You either know it or you don't. First National Bank and Trust, a proud division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. They've known it since their beginning in 1886. Clients depend on First National Bank because they know real estate. Brooks Winchester, Bill Samish, and many more can assist you in your acquisition of that hunting land, farmland, a construction project. Let First National Bank and Trust make your dreams a reality. 775 Ridge Lake Boulevard, Suite 140 in Memphis, 901-498-5763, or the office in Collierville, or online at fnbtmemphis.com. For commercial real estate, residential construction, or recreational and agriculture financing, let First National Bank and Trust help you. They're a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, where I've had an account, been a friend, and been a customer my entire life. Now in West Tennessee and in our Eastern Arkansas since 1886 and the dream team of bankers. Stable, secure, solid, reliable, consistent, and it's where customer confidence is the cornerstone. Let's get into these picks for this week, Brian. And the first game we'll pick from college football will be tomorrow, 1 o'clock, ESPN Plus. Memphis minus eight and a half at Charlotte. Richard Cross will be on play by play on ESPN plus. First meeting ever, Jerry Richardson Stadium. That's where they play in Charlotte. He was a great Baltimore Colt with Johnny Unitas and brought the Carolina Panthers. Broke our heart in Memphis getting the team when he brought the Carolina Panthers to Charlotte. Tigers have forced a turnover in 22 out of 27 games. 49 total takeaways in that span. Charlotte, they lost by 15 at the Swamp 
Tennessee lost by 13 huh. swap. Just saying. Tigers bowl eligible for 10th straight year. Seth Hennigan, third in career passing, fourth in completions, and fourth in passing yards. Again, Memphis, minus eight and a half. Proud Tiger graduate, University of Memphis graduate. You didn't graduate from the University of Tigers. You graduated hmm. from the University of Memphis. Brian Dacus, your pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Tigers here. I think, uh, you know, Memphis is uh, playing for a lot right now. They're seven and two. Uh, and we know what winning out would do for them and their chances to get into the AAC championship game. And when you look at Charlotte, yeah, they're coming off of an overtime win against Tulsa. They beat East Carolina earlier this season. They beat South Carolina State earlier in the season. But when they have uh, gone up against uh, you know good opponents, formidable opponents, uh, they lost to FAU 38-16. Uh, they lost to SMU 34-16. Like you said, they lost to Florida, a good Florida team, 22-16. to They lost to Georgia State 41-25. So, you know, I think if the Tigers can get some pressure on there, get the offense going a little bit, I think they should roll in this one. Tigers always can move the ball. Yeah. They move the ball, but I'm scared of that other side of the ball. Tigers yeah. win. I have it 38-31, so I'll take Charlotte plus like the eight and a half, threading that needle that you got there last week on that great old miss pick. That one still <laughs> blows me away. 230 on CBS, Tennessee, minus two and a half in Columbia, Missouri against the Mizzou Tigers. Both teams seven and two. Winner goes to a great bowl. Yeah. Defeated team goes to a good bowl. Tennessee with seven wins in the la- in their first nine games this year. They've done that in back-to-back seasons for the first time since 0304. That really highlights, you know, just in the wilderness how Tennessee football got. But it's back. Tennessee leads 6-5 all-time over Mizzou. All those games played in Southeastern Conference play. Mizzou hadn't defeated Tennessee since the 2018 season. Joe Milton, 13 straight games with at least one touchdown. That's that's third all-time at Tennessee. Uh, Tony Robinson, he's tied with Tony Robinson. Hendon Hooker leads at 20 straight. Heath Shuler had 18 straight. Eli Drinkwitz is just the fourth Mizzou head coach to lead the Missouri Tigers to bowls in his first four years. Warren Powers did it 78 through 81 in his first four years. I'm going to take Tennessee Mm. to cover, to win and cover narrowly 28-24, but they get over the two and a half. I'm going opposite of you here, Brett. I'm going to take Missouri to win this game straight up. I really like this Missouri team, how they move the ball. Now, uh, Luther Burden, we don't know um, if he's going to play or not, and uh, you know that could be a big loss. But I'm going to take Missouri in this one. I just really like how they play. I think even if you're missing Luther Burden, what you can do with that ground game, I think could really hurt Tennessee. So I'll take uh, I'll take Missouri at home. So far, no agreement with us on the picks through two, no group locks, and you're calling in the Mizzou straight up in Columbia. Goalposts come down? Ooh, maybe. I don't know. That's a a bad answer, I know. But, hey, maybe. Why not? Why not? 3 o'clock, SEC Network. Arkansas minus 2.5 after breaking that losing streak last week. They're 2.5 at home in Fayetteville over Auburn. Latest in-season matchup for these two since the very first time they played in the 1984 Liberty Bowl. Wow. That game's December 27th, 1984, and the weather was a lot like yesterday's mm, weather yeah. when it was, it was 
Kind it was kind of yucky. It was yeah. not a cold Liberty Bowl that night. Through nine games, Arkansas's defense has scored a nation's leading four defensive touchdowns, including an SEC best three interception return touchdowns. KJ Jefferson, 64 career touchdown passes. That's tied with Brandon Allen all time for first in Razorbacks history. Hugh Freeze, only one win ever at Fayetteville. And it wasn't at Ole Miss. Mm. It was last year for Liberty. Arkansas, two and a half. Arkansas wins, and I am really threading the needle. Oh, boy. I'm pulling a U last week. Wow. Arkansas wins 21-20. Auburn covers. Razorbacks win. Wow. I'm uh, not going to go as risky as you. I'm going to take Arkansas here minus the two and a half. I think that win will do a lot for them. I think, I mean, it was really pathetic. I mean, and really hard to watch this Arkansas team. I think for them, they felt that as well. And it's hard to lose that many games. And especially when you're, you know, picked to have such a good season. I think before, I saw a post the other day. Um, I can't remember when I saw a couple days ago. And uh, it was like if you flipped every game this season that was one score and let the and made it a win for the other team. And Arkansas was like ranked third in the country because they'd be undefeated with these great wins this season. I, I said it during it. And I, 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 I swear I did not mean it patronizing yeah. whatsoever. They're not that far off with all this year. They're not. And so They're not. this is that fragile. Yeah. It's not patronizing. I'm not trying to give false hope. Not at it's all. that narrow. It really is. And so I think I think that win last week against Florida could do a lot for this team. And for that reason, I'm just not sold on Auburn this year. Maybe next year I think Auburn's going to be a different team, but this year I'm going to have to take Arkansas. The Arkansas defense has been too good to waste with this kind of yeah, year. Yeah. And that's a sh- and, and a veteran quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm afraid that might be on coaching, but I think Sam Pittman is still the right man for the job. Six o'clock ESPN tomorrow night, where I will be at Sanford Stadium. ESPN, the A team ca- calling that game, but we want you to listen to us right here on these airwaves. Georgia minus ten and a half over Ole Miss. Ole Miss one and fifteen all time versus an AP number one. That was against Bama. That win was against Bama in 20, 2014 in Oxford. Georgia forty three and four at home in Kirby Smart's era. Old number 16 has made them what they always wanted to be. Last 12 versus ranked teams, they've won those at Sanford Stadium. They've won everything. 36 consecutive regular season wins. 42-1 and one in the last 43. And that's with two national championships. Quinshawn Judkins, he leads the SEC with 12 rushing touchdowns. Bryant, I'll go first. Please. Straight up, Ole Miss 34-17. Georgia, they double them up. All right. I like it. I like it. Confidence, Brett. It's what you need. I'm going to go with Ole Miss as well. I don't know if I'm going to call the straight-up upset, but, you know, Brett, I think uh, what Ole Miss is doing right now has been really fun to watch. I've talked about before Jackson Dart um, looks much improved from last year. And I think, Brett, you've said it, we've talked about it before, of just kind of this thought in the back of every Ole Miss fan's mind. And I think even with that team of remember what happened last November. And so I think you're already seeing that change with that win last week against uh, against Texas A&M. But I, I know Lane Kiffin wants this game bad. I know those players want this game bad. Because who knows what happens if you could pull this upset against Georgia in terms of rankings, in terms of the future, in terms of the rest of the season. So I'm going to take Ole Miss to cover this double-digit spread. I think it should be a heck of a game on ESPN. Your college football lock and shock. Oh, I love both of these. My lock... Iowa minus one and a half 
over Maryland. Maryland over might Rutgers. not. Excuse me, Rutgers. Yes, you're correct. I don't know why I wrote down Maryland over Rutgers. I don't know if Rutgers will score a a point in this game. Iowa's defense is really good. That total sitting at 28 and a half. So we're really just picking a winner in this one. My shock is going to be Fresno State, a late night game plus one and a half over San Jose State. Fresno State, a really good team, not getting a ton of respect. So I'll take them as my shock. I will take as my college football lock A&M minus the 18 and a half over Mississippi State in College Station. A&M to win 38 to 14. My shock, SEC. Vandy plus 14 and a half at South Carolina. South Carolina wins 24-21. Wow. Vandy plus the 14 and a half. I almost picked that one. I like that a lot. On Sunday, the NFL starts early. 8.30 again from Frankfurt, Germany. Colts minus one and a half over New England. The Patriots lead all time 53 to 30. And, and they, they have, they first met in 1970, but it's 49-29 regular season, Patriots 4-1 and postseason, and we remember one of those from deflated footballs, don't mm, we? Yes, we do. Biggest garbage ever. <laughs> Earl Morrill, Mike Talaferro, the quarterbacks in their first meeting in 1970. You pick first. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Indy in this one, minus the one and a half. I don't know what it's been about this Colts team this year, but I've really been backing them a lot, whether it's games that we pick or one of my locker shocks. I like going with the Colts. So I'm going to stick with them this week. I'm going to take New England. It's really just trying to ignite their season. I'm yeah. going to take the Patriots to win an ugly one with all that travel, 16-13. At noon on CBS, it'll be Cincinnati and Houston. Cincinnati, a seven-and-a-half point favorite over Houston. Houston leads all-time 8-5, 6-5 in the regular season, 2-0 and in the postseason. They first met in 2003 with David Carr for the Texans and John Kitna starting for Cincinnati. Give me the Bengals to win and cover 24-13. to I'm going to take the Texans, maybe a, a line that is just a little too big um, on Sunday. I uh, like that hook at 7.5. Uh, hopefully Houston can keep that game within a touchdown. Noon on Fox, Baltimore minus 6.5 over Cleveland in that rough and tumble AFC North. Baltimore leads 36-13 all-time. They've never met in the playoffs. That's not Baltimore's fault. That's on Cleveland. First meeting, this is why it's on Cleveland. Starting quarterback for Cleveland, Tim Couch. Starting quarterback for Baltimore, Stoney Case. Whoa, interesting. Didn't have a Stoney Case mention today, did we? No, I did not. Give me Cleveland straight up 24-23 over Baltimore. Wow, I've really been impressed with what Baltimore has done in recent weeks. So I'm going to take them to win this game. Uh, Cleveland looked much better last week, but uh, I'm still going to take the Ravens here. NFL shock for me first. Give me Jacksonville at home to win straight up. Over San Francisco to make it four in a row for the Niners. Jags win 28-27. NFL lock, give me Pittsburgh, minus three and a half over Green Bay. Steelers win 19-10. You're lock and shock. For my lock, I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks, minus six and a half over the Washington Commanders. I think that Seahawks game last week against that Baltimore Ravens team that we just picked, uh, maybe a fluke, maybe getting back home for Seattle will help them a lot. I like them to win by a touchdown. And for my shock, I'm going to go with the Vikings, plus three and a half, maybe uh, a boost for them last week in what they did um, over the Saints. So uh, I'm going to take the Vikings plus three and a half over the Saints. That's my NFL shock. For the season, college football, you are 30 and 37. Okay. In NFL, you are 32 and 27. That's 62 and 64. You're good for plus four points. I like it. For the year, 
I am 36 and 31 in college football, 22 and 15 when it's just SEC games wow. involved. And for the NFL, 25 and 34, I'm 61 and 65. You got me by one, Whew. but you had me by three points in our point total. So you lead by come three down points to the for wire, Brett. It, it always does, sure doesn't does. it? It will come to the wire. That's, that's our Friday football forecast brought to you by the great people at First National Bank and Trust, a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. For all your real estate needs, commercial, ag, hunting, recreational, contact them at fnbt.com or call them at 901-498-5763. Brian, I'm going to leave it with you. I'll see you Monday after Ole Miss in Georgia. Brett, thanks for joining for these picks. And let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Good & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. <laughs> You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bold food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Johnny, I I don't want to disappoint you um, because I know you... uh... You like it when I'm, you know, creative with what I learned today. But, I do, but it's the it's the biggest story in sports today. Okay. What happened to Jim Harbaugh? What the Big Ten did by giving him a three game suspension for the remaining three games of the season um, is is kind of crazy. I mean, I I understand. I get both sides. Here's the thing: I'm kind of in the middle. I get both sides of it because I really do think if you want to punish Jim Harbaugh for this, and you feel like you have enough evidence to punish Jim Harbaugh, this is the time to do it. It is. I mean, I'm I'm at about 99.5% sure he's not coming back to college football next year. Yeah. Now, he could. I'd be surprised. I'll, I'll be shocked, too. But much. he could. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you if you want to get him, you got to get him now. But, on the other side, you waited till, I guess, 2.30 our time to announce it. You yeah. waited till they're in the air on the way to Penn State. To announce it, yeah. they've got a game at 11 a.m. in the morning, and now they have to do it without their head coach on the sidelines. Yeah, you couldn't have told him that this morning. Yeah, you couldn't have told him that yesterday. Now I understand it takes time yeah, to get all of the information in. Like there's things that that you know there's things that go into this. I get protocol. that. It's protocol. But come on, talk about it. I mean, <laughs> I think you've got to be a little better than that. Yes, you do. I just don't think you that's do. very fair to them. And now people can come back and say, well, it's not fair that they're stealing signs. You're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, so I don't know what the best option for this would be. I don't know if there is a best option. I don't know if you could do anything that would make everybody happy. Yeah. 
But I just, I don't know. It certainly is breaking news. Um, he's Unless they get something in, which they very well could, um, some sort of restraining order that allows him to coach tomorrow. It sounds like Jim Harbaugh is not going to be on the sidelines tomorrow. Now, they've done it before. They have played a couple games without him this season. So they I think they're capable of doing it. But they haven't done it against a team as good as Penn State. Yeah, come on, man. So, uh, what did okay. you learn today? This is what I learned, bro. Talk Stick me. with me, Brian. Stick with me. Okay, bro. The our alma mater, the Memphis Tigers, the University of Memphis. Right? They have the most explosive offense in the AAC in the American Conference. Okay, get stick with me, Brian. I'm sticking Blake with you. Rock, Blake Watson got a thousand yards, yep. man. He on track to have a thousand yards this season. Yep. Rock Taylor's on track to have a thousand yards this mm-hmm. year, and Seth Hennigan is leading the whole conference right now. Man, that is amazing. That man. is amazing. That's amazing. We we on track. Really to, good. Yeah, man. So it's amazing, man. What I could have done without Brian, let me keep this short. Oh, you're going to go with what you could have done without? Please. Hey, hey, roll, me, what I could have done without is LeBron James, man. Wait a minute. Wasn't he your non-top story of the day? Yes, man. And, I, and I'm going to keep sticking right, with it. Stick with LeBron. Hey, hey man. LeBron know he needs to go to Miami. I'm just going to keep it right okay, there. Okay, so we're, gonna, we're linking what you could have <laughs> done, done without I'm and your not top story of the day. I'm going to keep it right there, Now, that's Brian. creative, Johnny. I'll give you that. That's creative. I'm excited. I've been waiting all day to tell you what I could have done without because I think you're going to like this. Okay, so I'm not super clear on the specifics of everything, so please bear with me. But from what I understand, in, in the state of Florida, you could sports bet like a couple years ago. Yeah. And then about two years ago, they made a law that said you can't sports bet anymore. Yeah. So, you know, no nobody's sports betting or anything. And then either late last year or early this year, they voted again on it and said we're going to allow uh, all, 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 times of, all types of gambling. So I think they're going to yeah. have some casinos down in Florida now. Um, but also sports betting is coming back. Now, I think they have a date when sports betting can officially come back for new users. But Hard Rock Bet, which is um, connected with, with Hard Rock Resorts, they have relaunched their app in Florida for existing customers. They they launched it Wednesday, and on Wednesday, a, uh, a somebody a better in uh, in Florida um, on excuse me on November seventh, uh, they placed a bet worth one point five million dollars on Kent State football. Really. Which, when I saw this, I saw it. Someone said, big bet alert in, uh, in Florida. Someone bet $1.5 million on Kent State. I go, okay, we're going to have an investigation. Somebody has inside <laughs> information. Because they were a big underdog. Really? They were like a 10.5 point underdog. They were? And so, what, what it, it was actually two bets. Okay. It was a one bet for Kent State plus 10.5 at minus 115 for $1.12 million. On top of that, this person took Kent State money line at plus three twenty five for four hundred and twenty six thousand dollars. So you add that up, that's a little bit more, roughly one point five million dollars. That's crazy, man. And uh, or it must have been more than that. I don't know exactly how it all went in, but somehow it was around. Um, uh, it was over one point five million dollars. Lost both bets. So someone down in Florida, I'll pray for him. Pray, I'm They're praying, down $1.5 million. Ooh. Then yesterday, somebody in Florida placed a $100,000 bet on a parlay, Thursday night football parlay, to win $1.6 million. Ooh. In that parlay, they had Panthers money line. Really? Johnny, do you know um, who won the game last night? The Chicago. The Bears. So the, the Panthers Chicago. money line did not hit. 
They had uh, over 37 and a half. That did not hit. They okay. had Bryce Young over 215 and a half passing yards. That did not hit. They had Bryce Young over 1.5 passing touchdowns. That did not hit. Oh my goodness. They man. had Bears team total under 20 and a half. That did hit. And they had uh, Eddie Pinheiro, the kicker, over 5.5 points. That also hit. But unfortunately, because he missed four of the six, his parlay did not hit. And uh, he lost his bet. So down uh, $100,000 on one bet. Man. Look, I'm going to say something. John has a guess. And uh, <laughs> Team Money. Who says, I don't know your bankroll any more than you know mine. And I agree. I don't know their bankroll. I don't know the bankroll. I don't know how much they're betting on anything. That's, That's a lot. lot of money. That's a lot. That's a lot of money <laughs> yes. to be to be betting on uh, on the first day that uh, that you're able to bet in uh, in the state of Florida. But I thought that was interesting. Um, but uh, where are you beaming tonight? Hey, man. Hey. I'm not beaming anywhere today, but okay. tomorrow. All right, talk to me. You know I'm beaming to the Memphis Tigers versus the Charlotte. I like it. You I know like I'm. It. You know I'm beam, beaming over there, man. I like it. I'm going to beam a couple places tonight. Try to be in a couple places at once. I want to beam tonight to this game. It's about to start in a couple of minutes between 12th ranked Arizona and second ranked Duke in basketball. That should be a great game. Oh, yeah, that's I want to beam to the Grizzlies game tonight. Their in season tournament. I also want to beam later tonight to uh, Missouri versus Memphis. So a lot of basketball for me. And then hey, beam me to the best college football game tomorrow. I don't know what it will be. Just beam me wherever tomorrow for college football. But it should be a uh, unbelievable weekend. Um, uh, weekend. We're at the weekend. How about that? It's, I, be, I mean, it's hard week, to believe. It came by fast. Uh, but it should be really, really fun. But that'll do it for us. I want to thank Brett again for joining us in the last segment to do some picks. But for myself, for Johnny, we'll talk to you again Monday afternoon at 3 o'clock.